The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. Well, welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show on WCETFM, broadcasting live in the USA and online worldwide. And we're going to be joined, as always, by Darren Ball, uh, who has many questions lined up for us and has been working very hard. He's, a, he's an absolute mainstay of the Spiritual Freedom Show and does a fantastic job, I must say. And also, of course, our wonderful producer, Tim Roxbury, uh, and we have two great guests today, and I'll be telling you more about them as we go. But this time, we are going to be focusing quite a bit on psychic abilities, something which everybody has in one way or another, but do we use them? Do we know how to use them? Uh, can they be controlled? Uh, how should we use them? Are they a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, well, they're a good thing, providing they're used in service to others. And as you know, that's our main theme on the Spiritual Freedom Show, service to others. And more importantly, in the nine freedoms, because this show is based on that fantastic uh, set of teachings. I believe it to be the greatest set of teachings ever delivered to earth. Not the only one, by the way. There are a lot of great teachings out there, lots of rubbish too, I'm afraid. But this, to me, and to us on this show, is the highlight, and that's why we are focusing on it. And if you want to know more about it, uh, please do go to the page on the Etheria Society website. That's www.etherius.org. Go to the Nine Freedoms page and you'll learn what these teachings are, how they were delivered through, well, I want to say the greatest master I can think of in history, but uh, I must admit I'm biased. He was and is my master, and that's Dr. George King. Certainly, I believe the greatest medium that we know of uh, and has brought through, among other things, the nine freedoms using a very, very advanced trance. We've spoken about that before on the Spiritual Freedom Show, and you can go back to our first show, actually, where we go into it in a lot of detail. But let's get straight into it. Let's start by hearing an extract, and we're privileged with the permission of the international directors of the Ethereum Society, of which I'm one, but we are privileged to be able to play you extracts directly from the nine freedoms and they were delivered 60 years ago can you believe that this year 60 years ago actually in february uh they started of 1961 and we're going to play you the first extract which is taken from the first freedom bravery and it's a short one uh, but please listen to it you're hearing the voice um, of mars sector six who delivered the nine freedoms a great cosmic orator, a, a, a virtual lord, a very lord, I should say, because he is a lord of karma. Again, we've spoken about that in previous shows, and we're going to hear him channeling these words through Dr. George King. So, Darren, could you please play us the first clip? A man upon terror today is beset by a strange fears which imprison his actions his 
very outlook which imprison his mind. I even his psychic abilities. That was Bar Sector 6 delivering some words there from the first freedom, which is bravery. Very interesting choice for the first freedom, being bravery. And one of the things uh, which we need to be brave about are our psychic abilities. And Mars Sector 6, they're telling us, and we've discussed bravery uh, before on this show, and we will discuss it again because it keeps coming up. It doesn't end, actually, even with enlightenment. Uh, Bravery is something we'll need throughout our evolution. But in this case, he's focusing on the fact that our mind is imprisoned by this fear, which, among other things, is imprisoning our psychic abilities. And I I must say, I must... uh, put my my cards on the table here. It's something I have focused on a lot. In fact, uh, the first book I ever wrote, and, and which was published almost 30 years ago, that's amazing for me, uh, and which still in print today. And uh, it's had an amazing reaction around the world, especially in the USA and Russia, actually. But it is called Unlock Your Psychic Powers. By the way, it's not the best book I've written, far from it, but it's certainly the best-selling one. And I think that is probably because it really strikes a chord with people. Uh, It's not my idea, by the way, may I say, that decades before I ever wrote that book, Dr. George King gave a brilliant lecture, which you can obtain, you can download it from our website, the Ethereum Society website, and it's called Develop Your Clairvoyant Powers. And so he made it clear back then, and he he must have delivered this, um, maybe, I don't know, of over 40 years ago, maybe 50 years ago or more, I'm not sure, but a long time ago, he made it absolutely clear that it is perfectly natural and normal to have psychic experiences of one kind or another. In fact, it's our destiny to do so. And of all psychic attributes, I believe the most valuable to us is intuition, if you call that psychic. The intuition Sometimes it's called the still small voice. You might have heard that phrase. That's an old phrase in metaphysics. It's within us and it always leads us along the right path. Now, we can get it wrong. We can uh, not always hear our intuition or we can confuse it with our imagination or our subconscious desires. Uh, That's where training comes in. But if we're able to identify our intuition, it will not I can be absolutely dogmatic, really, about that. The intuition will not lead us wrong because it's, in its highest sense, it's a link to our higher self. It's not the divine spark within us that's above mind, but at its highest level, it's a mental connection with our true self. So it's a good thing to train ourselves to develop and enhance our intuition. It's an essential thing, actually, if we really want to evolve and to be able to recognize this voice, if you like, from the lower mental impulses of our imagination. But there are many other psychic abilities which can greatly enhance our service to others. Uh, If you can see or identify in some way, for example, just to give an example here, and you might have done this, you, you might not call yourself psychic remotely, but yet you are able to pick up a thought, pick up a vibe, 
tune in. These are all phrases people use. But what they mean is use your psychic abilities. They're just calling it by another name. And sometimes if you're able to identify the nature of another person's problem, you can help them more. And they might not be telling you the real nature of their problem. They might not even know themselves, but you might be able to start to pick it up listening to your psychic abilities. Now, unlike intuition, other psychic powers won't necessarily, don't necessarily lead you down the right path. It depends on your motive for developing them. They could be misused. They have been misused. So being psychic isn't of itself a good thing. It's how it's used. But certainly it's essential. As a matter of fact, one way you can discriminate uh, between uh, people who are genuinely enlightened, because uh, quite a few people claim to be, is whether or not prior to being enlightened, they develop their psychic abilities in one way or another. They might call them by a very different name. They might be in a Tibetan tradition. They could be something very, very different. But one way or another, these things will happen. They aren't the goal, but they're going to happen along the way. But there was very good advice given on this by uh, an ascended master, actually the very master who introduced each one of the nine freedoms, and that is a, an ascended master by the name of Saint Gu Ling. And he spoke through uh, Dr. King prior to each freedom. He also, by the way, was the master who first visualized the existence of the Ethereum Society. So he's very important to this show, I must say. But he once gave some advice. It was very simple, but some of the best advice is simple. He said, develop your psychic abilities. And then once you've done that, these aren't, this isn't an exact quote, but he said, once you've done that, reject them. Reject them all except for those you can use in service. I think that's a really good yardstick. You know, some people have actually said to me, some healers have said to me, for example, why, why should I develop psychic abilities? Well, what's the point? I, I'm not interested. I don't want psychic powers. No, good. That's fine. But do it for others. That's the reason to do it. If you can be more in tune, you can help people more in a whole variety of ways uh, if you safely and carefully under control uh, unlock your psychic powers uh, and of course you can be a much better healer you can be a better counselor if you're called upon as a matter of fact i i used to do a radio show on a, on a big station over here called lbc called the phenomena files and we used to have a lot of psychics come into that show uh, together with the the main presenter there mike allen who who was a great friend of mine and they would come in and, you know, they they would give very accurate psychic uh, readings over the air. And I knew they were accurate because they couldn't set it up because they didn't know who was coming on the line to ask them uh, to, to, to give them their, their readings. But I also found that sometimes, in fact, I know this from experience, sometimes you can be psychic but not helpful. So I do believe that if you're going to use your psychic powers to give advice and only do it if somebody wants you to, don't ever impose your psychic uh, powers or abilities on others. But if they come to you and say, could you please advise me? Um, I think people who are giving advice, and I've done it myself hundreds of times, uh, they should have some counseling training as well. Because uh, you, uh, seriously, you can say something that's accurate, 
but it might not even be helpful. It might not even be encouraging. Uh, you need to know how to deliver it and when to deliver it and actually whether to deliver it. Uh, likewise, though, and the point I want to make, I believe that counsellors should all have psychic training. And if they did, they'd be much, much better at it. And I'm sure there are people listening right now, by the way, who've had a psychic experience of one kind or another. So don't let fear stop you. In fact, share, if you'd like, share your psychic experiences by writing to the Spiritual Freedom Show. Uh, at it, the, the email address is spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. We're getting a lot of uh, correspondence. Actually, Darren's going to be telling us about that later. But do share your psychic experiences. Uh, you might not, many people think, I'm not psychic. You, you might think you're not psychic, but you might believe, for example, that you've been contacted in one way or another by a loved one who's passed on from this physical plane, this physical life, and I'm sure that in some cases these are right. You've got to be careful. You've got to make sure it's not your imagination, but sometimes it is done to reassure people. Actually, fear of death, that's another thing, isn't it? That could easily be removed by developing psychic abilities. But as Mars Sector 6 says, we're imprisoned from doing so by fear. And it's fear of the unknown, which sometimes holds us back. Instead of conquering this fear, investigate the unknown until it becomes known. Very simple. No need to have fear of the unknown investigate it until it's known and then it won't be unknown there's nothing to be fearful of and it's carefully cultivated this fear it's been cultivated through the centuries orthodox religions they tell us that any psychic and i'm not picking on just one religion but what they'll tend to do is tell us that any psychic experiences we undergo are of the devil or some other evil force unless they occurred in the pages of their religious texts. And all the religious texts, let's face it, are full of psychic experiences. Some of them are based on psychic experiences and that they'll tell their worshippers, oh no, you'll go to hell if you do that yourself. Uh, likewise, though, in, in, in orthodox psychology, uh, the fear of mental illness can be propagated uh, among those who are contacted by guides or the departed. And you do have to be very careful, by the way, in mediumship. I've, I've said this before. You have to be careful of m mental health issues. If you think you're channeling um, a guide, which you are not channeling, or you think you've got a contact you haven't got, uh, it can lead to mental health issues. But nor should you be put off, and nor should you be told, oh, no, 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 uh, that's all schizophrenia. That's all mental ill health. I mean, did you know that Carl Jung claimed to have been contacted by Lao Tse, the Chinese sage from roughly 500 BC? That's not well publicized. It's in, in, it's in Carl Jung's Red Book, which I've actually got. And it's a very interesting thing. He was a very mystically inclined individual. But a lot of that has been uh, virtually either covered up or not really revealed too much. But I want to be very clear again that there are mental health dangers in pursuing mediumship and that you have to be wary, you have to have the right training and you must, and I'm going to say this above all, have very strong powers of concentration and don't be worried about, make, about saying I don't know. You know. There's lots of psychics who can't say I don't know. If you start to believe you're being contacted by a guide and you're not, 
it's just your imagination, then you know that's a that's a road you don't want to go down. So just say, look, I don't know. I got this impression. I'm not sure where it's from. It could be from me. It could be from a guide. Is it good? Is it helpful? That's the starting point. Uh, but don't rule it all out as being schizophrenia or mental ill health, or because we know there are people who who who, who hear voices that aren't voices, of course. And some of them are, are very sad cases. Actually, there's a great Japanese metaphysician, and I do recommend him. His name is Hiroshi Motoyama. And he once said that an average person, to an average person, a psychotic and a genius can look much the same. He said, because neither of them operate on the ordinary level of consciousness. So their behavior seems strange to the ordinary person who does operate on an ordinary level of consciousness. But in fact, the psychotic has moved into a lower imaginary level, but the genius has moved into a higher superconscious level. And I think that's a brilliant observation. There is no need whatsoever to fear your latent psychic abilities, providing you understand them and develop them using safe, effective techniques. And the best I know of are those taught by Dr. George King in the book, which I was privileged to co-author, but it's his book, Realize Your Inner Potential. That will guide you right, and don't allow fear to stop you from realizing your inner potential. And talking of which, I must get off uh, my orange box and pass it over to our our first guest, because I'm being prompted that uh, he's now ready. Uh, to tell us, and this is Ayub Malik. Now, Ayub Malik is a, a full-time staff member of the Theory Society, extremely active person in helping to promote uh, the cosmic teachings on social media with a great interest, I happen to know, in personal development. You might have come across him already, especially if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And today, he is going to share with us his moment of truth. You know, every week we have a moment of truth, and he's going to tell us the moment of truth he has picked to share with us. So, Ayub, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Richard. Hi, yeah. Ivan. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're most welcome. Could you then tell us, please, Ayub, about your moment of truth? Yes. Um, my moment of truth began, I would say, with my first kind of spiritual awakening experience at the age of 19. And I was going through a phase when I was studying at university and I was at the same time studying for a degree in psychology and health sciences. I was also researching psychic development and personal spiritual development as well. And I came across Richard's fantastic book, which you mentioned early on, your best-selling book, Unlock Your Psychic Powers. And, uh, and I was really amazed by the whole uh, gamut of different psychic abilities that could be developed and, uh, and, and how you describe them and how you can uh, cultivate them. And uh, but one thing that really struck me through reading your book, Richard, was uh, your uh, references to Dr. George King and how he had helped you and supported you with your psychic development. And I was like, who is this Dr. George King? I want to learn more about him. So I, I contacted the society, contacted you through uh, the Ethereum Society and uh, started to get information. And then I ended up buying the uh, first edition of the Realize Unit Potential book, which you co-authored with uh, Dr. George King. And I started practicing the six breathing exercises, the yoga deep breathing exercises or pranayama yeah. exercises that are in that book. And, um, and I, and I, 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 I 
treated it like an experiment. I thought, let's give it a go. I was very open-minded, very curious, wanting to explore and experiment with these practices. So I started to uh, do about 30 minutes to 60 minutes a day uh, at the age of 19 while I was at university and uh, as well as studying for my degree and going to my lectures, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, quite quickly, pretty much every day I was doing it quite consistently over a kind of eight, nine month period of time. And within about a month of doing this consistent practice, I started to feel things shifting within me quite quickly. And uh, things that would normally push my buttons and upset me just didn't. And I'd walk mm. around on a constant, uh, on a more consistent high all the time. I'd feel a lot more happier, mm. more joyful within myself. Uh, I was, uh, up until then, I was a pretty average student getting kind of average kind of C grades and D grades at GCSE level and at A levels. And then during this process of doing these yoga deep breathing exercises that Dr. George King taught, uh, I was starting to, um, my memory became so much more sharper. My learning ability improved so much. And and the proof for me was that I was starting to get A grades and B grades huh. in my assignments and my exams. And I, and I felt this level of clarity within myself that I'd never experienced before. And this and, and as I continued doing these practices, I was starting to develop more psychic abilities. I was starting to see, um, uh, I, I started to feel uh, the temperature drop in the room quite quickly, quite markedly. And I'd feel this kind of uh, rippling of energy coming up and down my spine. And I, and I felt like there was somebody in the room. And, uh, uh, and often this would happen when I'd be having a spiritual type conversation with another uh, uh, student, and which weren't that many. And, uh, and I started to see auras around people, you know, just brief outline, little outlines around people. I was starting to pick up telepathic thoughts from people. And for me, you know, the, all these experiences proved to me that what Dr. George King was talking about was real. Nobody could convince me otherwise, you know, and, and yeah. I, I had no physical contact with anyone else at that time from the society other than just studying the books and practicing on my own. So, uh, and, and, so I'd proven this to myself. I'd experimented. I'd proven that what Dr. King was talking about is real. And this is a real spiritual awakening experience that I had. And I felt like if, if I had this experience, other people can have this experience. And I felt so strongly that I wanted to be a part of this movement to help uh, support and promote and teach and guide and help people to have their own spiritual awakenings in different ways. And that's what led me towards the Ethereum Society and to following the path of spiritual service uh, which is the legacy left by Dr. George King, and that's my moment of truth. Wow, I have, and and you're living it. You are living it, and I've got to tell everyone listening. I have no idea what moment of truth is coming, and that they don't talk to me. Darren uh, Ball uh, lines the uh, guests up. Uh, I'm delighted to. I always know who's coming on, but I don't know what they're going to say. Uh, so that was absolutely fascinating, and I think what I glean from that, Ayab, is that it's it's about experience you know you you experience things which prove to you the truth of these teachings and these practices it's not actually even faith although faith can be helpful but it's no leap of faith it's testing it it's trying it and you found that it works so thanks so much i for your moment of truth thank you and in the meantime darren has been waiting very patiently uh, because I know he's got a lot of questions that have been coming in. And again, I never know. I don't even want to know what questions uh, are going to be asked because I want this to be a spontaneous live show. And so, Darren, welcome again to the show. Hey, Richard. 
Hi. Hi to you and hi to everybody else listening today. How have we been doing? Have we been getting inquiries uh, from the last shows? We've had questions coming in. We also have comments coming in on our, on our uh, the post that we put up as well. And I think that's great because it's starting the conversation about these teachings, which is what this is really about. So I'll come on to one of those a little bit later in the show. Um, I thought I'd start, though, just echoing uh, what you'd said earlier. was definitely um, encouraging people to write in Spiritual Freedom at Richard Lawrence, the Code UK, with those questions or comments if you'd like to share. Um, also invite you to check out Richard's website. Um, that's richardlawrence.co.uk for other podcasts and interviews that he's done on shows like Collective Evolution and Podcast uh, and, and The Leak Project, I should say, etc. But um, this first question, um, Richard, actually I think fits in really well with what you were just talking about earlier here, which is um, someone who's been doing a lot of good work to help people and um, actually has some of the professional training that you were talking about as well, um, but still feels like there's something missing. And they write... You know, I've always been interested in spirituality and I've read a lot. I'm a psychotherapist and I work with suffering. So I'm very clued into the potential of people and I see great results. My work gives me great pleasure. And although I can feel stressful and draining, I feel like I've come to a place in my life or myself where I want to develop my spiritual side because I feel like something's missing. I've been reading your emails, etc. for a while now, but not actually done anything. I bought the prayer book, which is wonderful and has inspired me. And then I thought, Richard, what might be the next step that you might invite this person to take on their journey in line with what you've talked about today? Yeah, I mean, this is this does happen. I mean, we do hear about people who, you know, they, they get everything going in their life and yet it doesn't hit the spot. You know, they, they could have a very happy life, a, a very successful life, a very full life, but something inside is empty. So many people have said that over the years. And I think that is a sign of a more adv- a more advanced, I want to say, a more evolved person. Uh, it shows they are not fulfilled by just a materialistic existence uh, and, and, and an emotional life. They're looking for something deeper, something profounder. And, you know, there are so many places you can start. But I think, you know, realize you're in a potential, which we've just been talking about, could be the perfect place for such a person, because there, there are over 40 practices you can do. I mean, I have picked on the the breathing exercises, and certainly I use those uh, pretty well every day, have done for decades. Um, I find them absolutely crucial uh, and very helpful, uh, even if you spend 10 minutes doing it. But that way, you'll, you'll get an overview of um, spiritual philosophy. Uh, and as we always say here, there isn't only one path. You've got to choose your path but you can also start practicing it. The other thing I would say that I do think people feel, even actually, I would say people who've taken a spiritual line, and again, this is something that's come up, uh, you know, they're they're doing a lot of meditation, they're they're doing a lot of study for themselves, and they don't feel fulfilled until they start serving others. So I would include in this an element of service. Uh, this this inquirer has the prayer energy book. There's some wonderful prayers in there, including prayers by the Master Jesus, which we have permission to publish in that book. Start using those in the way described. Energy will come back and you'll sort of break a cycle and then you'll be guided by the intuition as, as to where to go next. Yeah, and I think that really complements kind of her existing work she's doing as a psychotherapist and helping Indeed. others. You know, brings yeah. in that psychic element exactly as you said. So I think it's really yeah. good. Yeah, I, I think it goes perfectly. And, you know, psychotherapists, I mean, help people immensely. But the more in tune you are with the person you're giving treatment to or help to, the more you can help them. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've got another question here for you, Richard. Um, I think this one relates to the idea of fears imprisoning our outlook, another thing you're talking about today. I think that one thing that people tend to be afraid of is, is UFOs. And there's there's a lot of fear sown right. about UFOs, actually, probably True. to turn people away from the truth, you know, yeah. and the step that they might take if they knew the truth. Yeah. So this person, they wrote in and they said, um, I'd be absolutely terrified if I saw a UFO or anything related to them. At the same time, I welcome anything from another dimension that can help humanity through its current predicament, as we are looking pretty powerless, judging by how the authorities are throwing their weight around. The thoughts of going off in a spacecraft, being abducted, etc., fills me with terror. So it's best not to think about it. That doesn't mean I'm not a self-aware person. Is there really anything to be afraid of? And if we are afraid, would they be kind enough not to make themselves um, evident in whatever form they might materialize? Great question. Right up my street, I have to say, <laughs> that question. Yeah. Um First of all, the answer is no, there is nothing to be afraid of at all. And it's very simple. And again, if you analyze it, because one of the ways to dispel fear is to analyze it logically. If there was any fear whatsoever of to, uh, to be had from UFOs, um, then we would have known about it a very, very long time ago. They've been reported for, since the earliest known records on Earth, which are the Hindu Vedic scripts. And never ha has there been... Uh, you know, an example that we know of, of um, hostile entities being, you know, successfully attacking uh, people on Earth. I mean, if these are intelligences vastly more uh, advanced than us, much more civilized than us, certainly more technologically advanced, they can get here. We can't get to their planets, uh, especially with weaponry. So they obviously don't want to invade us. Also, look at the contacts of Dr. George King. Please do. And you'll see the caliber of these intelligences. They're advanced spiritual. I mean, one of them is Mars Sector 6. What's he giving? Great spiritual revelations to help us, uh, to help us realize our potential, to help us in our evolution. The, uh, of course, I do realize that the idea of fear is propagated in the UFO movement. It's propagated by governments for a long time. And there are those who say, oh, dear, we better, you know, defend ourselves. Actually, we couldn't defend ourselves if they decided to attack, but they won't. They wouldn't have to attack, you know, abduct somebody from a bed in Connecticut or wherever it might be, any country, or China or whatever it is, uh, just to, to, to perpetrate their wickedness. They could take over China, take over America, and they don't want to do that. They haven't done that. There are numerous cases, if we had time I could go into, of people who have felt a bit frightened and then have been comforted or even healed during a UFO encounter. So absolutely no need at all for fear whatsoever of UFOs. Um, it's also, she picks on the abductions, there is, I believe, an element of psychic interference. I'm afraid there is psychic interference in the UFO movement, and some of the stories which are sound quite horrific, I don't believe are coming from extraterrestrials at all. They're the kind of thing that's gone on before through the centuries, but because we're in the UFO era, people say it's uh, from aliens. Uh, it's not anything to be fearful of. In fact, it can be a most wonderful, uplifting, life-changing experience, as a matter of fact, if you're lucky enough to have a UFO sighting. Darren, I think I'm going to have to move on here to Thanks the next extracts. Thanks very much for those questions. And I'm going to now ask you, please, if you would, because we're carrying on with our, our, our theme of psychic abilities in this particular Spiritual Freedom Show. And we're going to now go to the fourth freedom. We haven't actually used an extract, I don't think, from the fourth freedom yet on this show. 
The fourth freedom is enlightenment. And this is an extract about psychic abilities. And it's a positive one. Uh, and it's about how we can best use them. So let's listen again, please, to this extract by Mars Sector 6 speaking through Dr. George King. A psychic, a man, uh, can escape uh, from his uh, prison of a psychic uh, frustration by tasks such as the dispensation of psychic energies upon a psycho-spiritual level, such as the rendering of spiritual healing of all tasks capable to psychic man. This is the most beneficial. So of all tasks capable to psychic man, the rendering of spiritual healing is the most beneficial. And that's fantastic advice, really. I, I mentioned earlier that intuition is in many ways the most useful attribute, psychic attribute, if it is a psychic attribute. It's kind of above psychic, really, at its highest level that any of us can have. And to us, that's true. But the most beneficial thing that psychic man can do is to practice or render spiritual healing. And in the first freedom of bravery, Mars Sector 6 told us about the imprisonment of our mind and even of our psychic abilities. He told us how to use bravery to break free from the strange fears which imprison us. But in this extract from The Fourth Freedom, it's so balanced, this teaching, as you'll find if you study and get to really get to know the nine freedoms. And by the way, may I just mention on that note, should have mentioned already, of course, The Nine Freedoms is available as a book. It's available as an e-book. Uh, there's lectures on it by Dr. King, which are available as a download and CD. And also the transmissions themselves are available. You can obtain those uh, both as a download or as a CD. So you can take this study much, much further. But in the fourth freedom, he gives us now a practical way of escaping from what he calls the prison of psychic frustration. So he's elaborated more on that imprisonment of the mind, and he's speaking here of fr psychic frustration. And I think that's a very significant statement uh, indeed by this great Lord, because do people generally realize that they're suffering psychic frustration uh, from psychic repression, if you like, which should be regarded uh, really as some kind of mental health ailment? It's not a natural condition. Uh, the natural condition is to release, is to safely unleash, if you like, our latent psychic abilities. But because of the conditioning, which I spoke of before, whether it's religious, whether it's psychological or from any other source, or even ridicule, uh, you know, pathetic ridicule. I'm sorry to put it that way, but it really can be quite pathetic about a, a, an important matter like this. Um, we are 
suppressed. And that suppression, if we allow it to exist, can lead to this frustration. Uh, we should be open to our psychic impression. And by the way, may I say, psychic development should be accompanied by logical examination. And you won't always hear that from teachers on this, on this subject. You, you may not always know exactly what your clairvoyant impressions mean, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes that doesn't matter. Don't feel the need. I used to find a lot of psychics, when I worked with them, would feel they had to interpret everything, and then they could make mistakes. Just admit you don't know. Just give what you've actually got. Don't say what you don't know. And that's it's quite difficult for some people to do that. It takes a certain humility. Uh, sometimes you get an impression, and you won't know what to do with it. And some you won't know whether to to buy. if it's about someone else. Do you go and tell them, or, or or do you keep it to yourself? What do you do? I'll tell you what I do. If I get an impression about someone I know and trust, uh, and sometimes even if I don't know them too well, I'll do this. I'll ask them whether they want to know, and they can say no. And then I'll say, fine, that's fine. I won't impose it on them. Uh, you'll find usually they want to know. They'll probably say something like, well, just for a lark, tell me what it is or something. But really, they want to know. But uh, sometimes you won't know what it means. So that's why a logical examination is so important. But coming back to this psychic frustration, um, you know, how often do you hear people talking about the damaging effects of psychic suppression? Never mind spiritual repression. But these things can be damaging to the soul. Uh, they're more damaging than some other forms of repression that people do talk about. And psychic frustration can lead people to the point where they don't listen to their intuition or even, and this is where it can get worse, their conscience. Because these things are all linked. These are higher attributes. And it's not about having a, an imposed uh, guilt conscience caused by certain social conditioning. Not that. The inner voice the inner conscience, and listening to it is vital for all of us. And if a latent psychic ability of one kind or another is suppressed, um, it can result in some type of fear, and the frustration can grow internally, and a certain lack of fulfillment is felt, and a certain purposelessness can be felt. I must say, when I first started to realize my psychic abilities, I was greatly encouraged and helped by Dr. King, who actually even put me right on a couple of occasions, and I was very lucky indeed that he did. But I felt as though I'd been set free. The world suddenly become a much fuller, more liberating, more exciting, actually, place to be. And I'm sure many listening will have experienced things like this, and you suddenly realize you can do things you never thought you could do. It's a wonderful feeling. There are many forms of psychic uh, expression, uh, there's clairvoyance, there's clairaudience, which is psychic hearing, uh, the psychic smell, psychic touch, even psychic taste, and there's clairsentience. Uh, that's very common. You know, we use these phrases. I've got a gut instinct. I'm picking up your vibes. I've got a strange feeling about this. I'm following a hunch. How often do we hear these things? These are expressions of clairsentience, psychic feeling. And, you know, we have to make sure we allow them to express themselves in one way or another. But Mars Sector 6 here is absolutely explicit that the most beneficial task of all is to give spiritual healing. I think it's not only is it beneficial to us as the healer, but of course it's extremely beneficial to the person who's receiving healing from you. And once again, 
As Dr. King put it so brilliantly in four very simple words, which is the title of his book, actually, on the subject, you too can heal. Everybody can heal. Uh, and that's a, a, an absolutely wonderful book. I must recommend it. And I realize very often when you're starting down this road, you, you just don't know what it is. You know, how do you tell? Is this my intuition? Is this my imagination? And uh, let me give you just one a silly little example from life where you can start to road test yourself. If you suddenly get a feeling, you, you, and, and only do this these things if it's absolutely safe to do so. But let's say you're walking down a street, and it's not a street you, you, you know that you, you know too well, but you, you get an impression, a feeling, to go down another road. You weren't planning to go there, but you just feel, for some reason, you should. And let's say you've got time, and let's say it's completely safe to do so, there's no difficulty in this, then go down that street. If you meet up with somebody who, you know, you were trying to find, you lost their address, something happens that is obviously good, is beneficial, or let's say somebody's lying down on the street and needs your help down there. Uh, this has happened to people. I've had lots of people, when I used to do a lot of psychic radio shows, come phone in about these kinds of cases. Fine. It was good. Now, remember that. Remember how you felt when you got that impression. If you go down that street, though, nothing happens. You just wasted a bit of time. And in fact, it was a, a meaningless thing. Remember that too. And what will happen is you'll start to identify the different feelings, the different senses. Uh, you'll start to say, ah, okay, this is one I know. I'm on a groove. I'm, in, I'm on it now. I recognize that feeling. It's not the same as an imaginary feeling or just a wandering thought feeling. And you're just road testing it in life. But as I say, only do it where it's absolutely safe. You, you feel, I should ring up so-and-so. And you weren't planning to ring them. There was no reason to ring them. You don't really know why you're ringing them, but you do ring them. And you find, and I have literally heard cases like this, that that person might have died if you hadn't called them then for one reason or another. So you never know uh, if it's safe, if it's not going to cause any problems, road test it and remember the feeling you get and you'll start to get into what I'm calling a groove there. And it's just a, a practice of developing your, your psychic abilities. And you'll find that gradually uh, they'll, you'll start to know the difference. And it takes time and it takes practice. But whatever else you do, don't forget that the most beneficial psychic task of all is the rendering of spiritual healing. And I'm delighted on that note to welcome our guest presenter of today, who uh, is very experienced in this matter, actually. She's um, been practicing Dr. King's technique of spiritual healing since 1976, when You Too Can Heal was first published. And she's led dozens of workshops. I know that they're excellent workshops, instructing people in this simple hands-on technique, as well as in meditation, mantra, and much more. And she coordinated London's Inner Potential Center for years. And today, she's going to share with us a little bit about healing us and lead us in this practice. And I'm delighted to welcome my very good friend, Vivian Gibson. Thank you, Richard. I'm delighted to be here. And may I leave our listeners in your capable hands? Hey. Uh, it was the desire to learn spiritual healing, actually, that first drew me to this the theory society. I'd wanted to be a spiritual healer for ages, 
but I couldn't find where to learn it. So there was no such thing as the internet back in those days. Then one day I heard that my aunt, who lived some way off and was a member of the Ethereum Society, had healed my grandmother of an arthritic condition using a spiritual healing technique she'd learned at the Ethereum Society. I went to the library and discovered there was a branch half an hour from me by train. What good fortune! And there I found, to my delight, all the other wonderful teachings of the Ethereum Society that have changed my life, as well as learning to give spiritual healing. And so began the greatest adventure of my life, the spiritual adventure, following Dr. George King. Dr. King taught that everyone has the ability to give spiritual healing. Indeed, it's our birthright. He also taught a technique of absent or distant healing, which I'm going to go into today. This is regularly performed in our homes and in our services. It's very much needed now, with increasing problems of mental health, anxiety, physical anguish and hardship in all forms. Absent healing is an important and accessible way we can all be of great service to others. I've known wonderful improvement, recovery and cures take place through absent healing. And also, you'll find that your intuition will naturally develop through the regular practice of giving healing. Now, I'm going to briefly describe how to send absent healing, and I invite you to join in if you wish. As with other prayers we've used on this show, in absent healing, you attract to yourself universal life force and then send it outward. We make a request to the divine source, whatever name you wish to call it, and then at the end say a few words of thanks to the divine source, which is a form of token repayment and finishes the healing. I will now guide you through the absent healing and invite you to join in, should you wish to do so. Now before we begin, think of a person now that you would like to receive your healing energy. It's very important that while you are sending them healing, you visualise them in good health, no matter what condition you know them to be in. Sit or stand, close your eyes, and now breathe deeply and evenly for a few moments. Try to feel a sense of peace pervading you while you do this. Raise your hands so they are roughly parallel with your shoulders, palms facing outwards, fingers together, and imagine a brilliant white light coming down from above you into your head, charging every cell of your brain with its vibrant power. Then see this white light, this energy, flowing down through your neck and shoulders and down to the chest and out to the heart chakra. This is in the centre of the chest, a few inches in front of the breastbone. See this chakra, or heart centre, as Dr King called it, filled with this brilliant white light. Now see this brilliant white light flowing down, down from your shoulders, into your arms, and out through the palms of your hands, where you also have an important chakra or psychic centre. 
As I say a prayer of healing, see this energy flowing out to your recipient from your palms and your heart chakra. And at the same time, try to have a feeling of compassion and love for them. See them as filled with a kind of spiritual happiness and well-being and in good health. There's a point in my prayer where you can think or say their name. So I'll now say our prayer. O Divine Spirit behind all life, I request that I may be a channel for your healing power to flow to the person whom I now name. I request that they may be strengthened and healed and uplifted at this time with your great love and revitalizing energy at every level of their being. If you have not already said their name, do so now. And continue to send light out from your hands and your heart centre. See this flowing out to your recipient in a stream of scintillating white energy. See your recipient filled and surrounded with this brilliant light and in happiness and good health. Continue to see the energy flowing to them completely filling every part of their physical body and their aura, as if they are radiated by a brilliant searchlight. See white light flowing down through you, out through your palms and heart chakra, out to your recipient, bringing harmony, well-being and healing. I'll now say a closing prayer. O Divine Spirit of all creation, I give thanks for the opportunity of being used as a channel for your healing power at this time. May thy will be done. Now our prayer is ended. Brush your right palm over your left away from you. This acts as a seal to close the energy flow. Finally, I'd like to make a couple of points. Firstly, you can send healing to several people like this. Just leave a gap between each name. And secondly, if you have difficulty raising your hands to shoulder height, perhaps through some physical problem, then simply place your hands flat on your knees with the palms facing upwards. These are very hard times all over the world. And absent healing is a sure and wonderful way we can help those who are suffering and struggling. So I do encourage you to take up this practice. You may well find that your own sense of purpose and well-being increases and your anxiety decreases through this valuable form of service. That's wonderful, Vivian. Thanks so much for leading us in that. And uh, I think that's something we can all use. So that was Vivian Gibson. Thank you very much as our guest presenter. So uh, I would just add one thing. I think it's a good idea wherever possible uh, to get permission from people before you send them healing. Sometimes that can be, usually you can do that. 
and uh, we don't want anybody sort of suggesting you're interfering with them. You're not really, but it's always best to follow that protocol wherever you possibly can, and they should welcome it. And uh, in fact, they can even cooperate it with. So there's a technique taught to us by Vivian that we can use. You can use this as often as you like. And I think, uh, Darren, I think now we need a few more questions. Sure. So uh, thanks very much for that, Vivian. You have the uh, the perfect voice for a guided meditation. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I just thought I'd say, by the way, before we get to another question, that it's been real heartwarming to hear from um, from everybody who's been enjoying the show. And so if you are, I'd love to invite you to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app, whichever one that is, to help us get the word out about the show and these teachings. Now, um, Richard, I thought what I'd do is that um, we had a, a comment who came back from someone on a previous show, actually. And you'll remember, of course, um, Richard, but for the sake of everyone listening, we had posed a question on an earlier show and in the email that went along lines like this, which is, who would you consider more spiritual? An atheist with the courage to leave home and serve others suffering in terrible poverty, or a devoted yogi secluded in the Himalayas in pursuit of their own enlightenment, and only their own enlightenment? And this person came yeah. back and said, um, well, I don't judge. And I thought, well, you know, that's quite a good talking point, actually. You know, what's the difference between being judgmental on the one hand and using your judgment on the other to make decisions in life? So I thought yeah. maybe over to you, Rich, in terms of what you think the difference is between the two. I think there's a massive difference between the two. I, I think that um, obviously we have to judge. I mean, people will judge uh, whether to listen to this program and they'll judge whether they think it's worth listening to, whether it's worth using, what they think of the nine freedoms, what they think of some other claim. If we didn't judge at all in any capacity at all, we wouldn't discriminate. We just walk around just going, okay, everything's kind. And you hear this stuff about, you know, your truth, my truth. And I'm afraid, I'm sorry, I'm not afraid, but I'm sorry to say that truth is. And sometimes they can't both be true. Uh, it's not about whether it's your truth or my truth. It's whether it's truth. And I, so I wouldn't follow that particular line that we can never judge in life, uh, depending exactly what you mean by judge. But I would agree very much with that person that we shouldn't be judgmental, that we shouldn't go around judging people uh, at all, uh, because we don't know what's led them to that point and why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, but of course, if we had no judgment at all, There'd be no um, you know, provision for criminals, no judgments would ever be made, and we'd live in a, a chaotic and uh, anarchic world. So there is a difference between going around being judgmental, putting yourself on a pedestal, saying, I'm in a position to judge you, 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 and you, and I pronounce the following. That's obviously wrong. And going around judging what is right and what isn't wrong and looking at, say, two people's approaches to an issue and saying, well, actually, I judge that that person's approach is the one I would want to follow. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really helpful yeah. advice. Yeah. I just thought in the time that we have left, I just saw this very encouraging um, comment, actually, I think, just to inspire people that, you know, this absent healing and these things like prayer we've been talking about really do work. And um, this is a great example of someone who's started to make some progress. And they say, uh, good morning to you. I just wanted to say that this is such a beautiful prayer. That's the New Lord's Prayer, I think they're talking about there. Oh, yes. It's, I said it with my heart and soul, and I felt it through my whole body. And when I found out it was channeled by Jesus through Dr. George King, well, what a privilege to have such words. Thank you. I'll be using this prayer often. I look forward to reading other emails from you about prayer. And I can I can certainly relate to experiencing that feeling, Richard. I'm sure you can throughout you know throughout your entire body. Yes. Um, and I thought maybe you'd like something that you'd like to share with her about that. Yes, certainly. I mean, the second freedom actually is love, and we'll be talking about that and uh, in future shows. And of course, it's an energy. 
Love is an energy, and that's what you're feeling, the energy. And yes, I absolutely agree, and I think that's it's an experience. It's not just a thought. It, and, and I think in the second freedom, Mars sector six does say that too often the, the word love is banded about in an almost academic way, words to that effect. And it's true. Whereas in fact, it's a real living thing. And that's what you experienced with this wonderful prayer, the new Lord's prayer. And Darren, that pretty well brings us to the end of this sh- show. I'm sorry to have to say on WCET FM, broadcasting live in the USA and online. And thanks to Tim Roxbury. Thanks to Darren Ball. Thanks to our guests. And thanks to you all for listening uh, to the show. And we look forward to next week uh, when we have our next one of the Spiritual Freedom Show. And we'll close with the words we always close with. Service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Step right up. No tricks, no magic. Nope, nope. Just real people covering real issues. When you're tired of the circus, join the veterans of talk radio for serious discussions on the topics you care about. WCET, bringing the truth back to talk radio. Leaving the circus to them. WCET Radio loves what we do, and we know you do too. That is why we need you now. If everyone would make a small contribution each month, we would never have to worry about going off the air, folks. We count on you each and every month, so please help WCET Radio and all of our hosts here on this wonderful station continue to bring you the best guests with the best information. Go over to WCETFM.com and click on the Donate button and subscribe now. WCETFM.com. Your talk station. WCETFM has just released the app. So now you can take WCET radio everywhere you go. Just go to the Google Play Store and search WCETFM. That's WCET space FM and install it. Then it's ready to go. Oh, and did I mention it's free? Well, it is. WCETFM. We got the app. Late-nighters and all those who listen to WCET Radio. Listen up. The shop is here, and you can order WCET merch right now and show your friends and your neighbors you're awake by wearing one of our many shirts, including our Stop the Censorship shirt. That one is a hot seller, so get yours while supplies last. We have coffee mugs, clocks, so you always know what time it is, books, mouse pads, 
all your WCET accessories. Just go to WCETFM.com and click the shop tab. That's WCETFM.com and get the shopping. Late Night in the Midlands is an independent media that covers the truth, theory, and facts that the lamestream media won't talk about. We cover everything from the known, the unknown, the normal, the paranormal, the government lies, the government ties, even their thrives. We tell what's coming, what's going, whether it be politics or archaeologists. We have an amazing fan base, and all shows are archived to be heard millions of times more. So tell your friends, your family, Anyone you care about, about Late Night in the Midlands and WCETFM.com. Become a late nighter, be informed, catch us every weeknight at 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, right here on WCETFM.